Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of My Naked Mindset. I'm your host, Janae Ledger. This is episode number 96. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I have a lovely guest and episode for you. I hope you guys have been enjoying the past few episodes. I would love for you to rate, review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts if you have an iPhone. I mean, wink, wink, five stars would be great. I would so appreciate that. And leave a review as well because, you know, word of mouth and reviews definitely help out the podcast. So I appreciate the support. If you would like to connect with me, my at my naked mindset on all of your social media. You can also email me at my naked mindset podcast at gmail.com if you'd like to have, you know, have me talk about a specific topic or if you need advice. I would love to give you some advice if you have a crazy issue or problem you want me to talk about and break down. I would love to hear it. So definitely connect with me. All right, well, I hope you enjoy the episode. All right, everyone. I have a very special guest today. She is a love and intimacy coach who helps highly successful and creative people embrace their dating journeys. Everyone, please welcome Kimberly to the show. Hi, so nice to be here. This is such an important thing to talk about. It's like the dark secret that everyone has. Like, I'm amazing. And then the love life comes up, especially around the holidays. A lot of people, when they visited their families, are, aren't you married yet? Have you found anyone? And it's like a dagger to the heart, you know, um, of right, because it's like, I'm a failure. I didn't figure this out. And then often uh, people make fun of you, like you're, you know, it's comedic online dating, ha ha ha, mm-hmm. you know, and really what people want is love and connection. It's like their heart's yearning. So I'm so glad that you want to talk about this today. I know I'm very, very excited. And I think your story is going to be so intriguing to so many people and just all the things you've learned and just kind of get into it. So I would love to ask you. First, what are you most excited about that's coming up in your life? What am I most excited about that's coming up in my life? Uh, um, it It's really, I'm going to move. I've been living in a small town for 16 years and I'm going to move to a, a, an urban area. And I'm so excited about that because it's time for a change. I'm, I'm a tango dancer and a yoga teacher and mm-hmm. my communities are elsewhere. They're not in this little town. So that's happening this summer. I've been waiting a long time. That's yeah. super exciting. And then you get to experience all new people and new things and just surround yourself with different things, which I absolutely love. Yeah. I, think I think it's so fun to move around, which sounds very strange, but I've moved a, not so much in my childhood, but in my adulthood, I have moved so many times. And I think it's so cool because it, it almost takes you out of your comfort zone because you're not so like, Oh, I know where everything is. Like you have to like look things up and try yeah. out new things in new places. And I love going out somewhere and I don't know anyone. It's kind of fun. <laughs> right. And if you read any anthropology, most groups of people moved, right? You That's followed so you followed the bison or you stayed where there was water or you stayed away from the snow and the ice, right? Like um That's so true. We can move. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. I think that we're like, we're like trees. Like we're not just meant to stay in one spot and, and Mm -hmm. I find it very cool to 
travel around and live different places. So that's very exciting. Uh, now, how did you get into the coaching? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, I gave myself a year sabbatical. I gave myself a paid year off. I saved up a bunch of money and decided to take a year off and move to France in, it's a cosmic joke, and move to France in 2019, in the fall of 2019, and take a whole year living in the city of Toulouse to sort of rediscover what I wanted to do. I wrote down a list of all of the qualities of the kind of job that I would want. I wanted to be, you know, empowering women. I want to have something with the body in it. I want to be creative. I want to be international. I want to work for myself. Um, I want to take on a leadership role. So I wrote down all these things and it didn't mean anything to me, right? Like these are just the qualities. And if I can make mm -hmm. an aside, I would also suggest people do this not for their desired partner, but for their desired relationship. Like I want to feel mm -hmm. creative and supportive. I want to feel like I can move, right? Um, not not so much on the person. So I wrote these things all down. And for years, I followed Layla Martin. I'm not sure if you're familiar with yes. her work, but you, yes, great, right? Yeah. So for years, I followed Layla Martin. I really resonated with what she talks about, um, empowerment through sexuality, really, and reclaiming that, like reclaiming our connection to our bodies. Uh, particularly as female bodies, but other bodies as well. And so it, I went out to coffee with a friend in like um, November 2019. And I was like, Layla Martin this, Layla Martin that. And she's like, oh, just sign up for the coaching program. I was like, what? No, I don't want to do that. Sex, love and relationship coach? No. And then I went home, pulled out my list. Check, 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 check. All of the things. Uh, mm. and, and so it was really fortuitous because I, it was all online in a, in the LA time zone. And I was living in France. I signed up for a year long online intensive course in December, 2019. Little did I know it was a perfect time to start living on zoom. Right. <laughs> yeah. So mm. that's how I started. And I did the year long course and I've been coaching since 2020. Um, oh, I love that. That must have been such a, in the timing, like you just said, it was like, it seems yeah. like it was a good time to start something out like that and just really kind of go for it. Now, what, so I know you said your list kind of like intrigued you and, and kind of may, maybe even pushed you a little bit to, to go forward with it. But was there anything else that like you really took away from like starting out the course and like really just like kind of going for it? Yeah. So I have always uh, really loved talking about sexuality and sex lives. And, you know, I remember in college, like sitting on the beach and like drawing a diagram in the sand with my friend of where the clitoris is. Like I've yeah. always gravitated toward that. And I, I have no real qualms about asking about that or talking about that. So, you know, finally being in a group of empowered people and literally talking about every aspect of our sexuality was to, like, to me, that's the portal to transformation. Um, and it, it's not always available to people depending on their culture, their religion, their family. Uh, so this Thanksgiving, uh, there was a lull in the conversation and I brought out my clitoral model to mm -hmm. Thanksgiving. I was like, you all know about the the clitoral anatomy. Are you all aware of the, like the two bulbs and the legs? And what did funny. they say? Did they have no idea? Silence, silence. Nobody had anything to say. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's the part of me that um, 
gets to come out and play now. I love it. And you probably feel empowered by doing that because it's like you have the knowledge behind you. And it it is such a, I personally love talking about this stuff too, because I find that if someone is willing to listen and like learn about it, I feel like, I mean, I guess just like most things, but like if someone is willing to, to learn and ask questions, it's like, if they can learn more about themselves, why not? Right. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like a lot of people, even the word, the terms vulva and vagina, a lot of people don't even know the difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's a big one too. I mean, yeah. I personally love, I love learning new things. And just, I, like I said, you know, before we started recording, I've been reading so many books and just like really getting to, oh, it's, it's, it's so fascinating what our bodies can do. And like, especially in the sexual way of like, it it's really, it's amazing. We are amazing humans. And I don't know, I could go on a tangent about that. But um, so I know our, uh, our topic today is going to be about your journey through meeting 39 men in France and the U.S. on dating apps. Mm-hmm. So first of all, I would love to ask, when did you, like, what is the time period of you <laughs> kind of experiencing this? All right. So in uh, March of 2019, March 13th of 2019, the person I thought I would spend the rest of my life with uh, brought me coffee in bed, turned to me and said, this isn't working. I have to go and meant it and moved out within 24 hours. Total devastation, total heartbreak. We had planned that year in France together, uh, but uh, yeah, he, he he moved out. I still don't know why. I you know I could guess a lot of reasons. It's not going to help me to know why. Um, and I was devastated. So I moved to France, and, and you know, like I bought pants that were too big for me. I didn't look in mirrors. I didn't make eye contact with people. Like all the stuff you mm-hmm. do when you're dejected zombie, heartbroken, Um, I just kind of turned inward and disappeared. And then one year passed. So it was March 13th, 2020. I was like, enough is enough. It's been a year. It's time to go on, go on dates. So I made a profile on a dating app. I started communicating with people. I set up a date uh, for the next day in a park near where I lived. March 14th, 2020, met a guy in a park. It wasn't a connection, but it was, you know, like a dry run, like I was trying it out. And then March March 14, 2020, I'm living in France and the entire country goes into lockdown, total lockdown. I had had six months. I could have been like skinny dipping with French guys on the beach, but no, I was dejected and demoralized and woe is me and I blah, blah. And so I started, I started dating the first day of the pandemic, um, And so that first date, you didn't work out. And then the second date, we could only speak on the phone. And um, his name was Hervé. And he had this beautiful voice. And he had read everything. And every night, I would get take off all my clothes, get in bed and talk on the phone with Hervé for an hour. I love that. For like two months, we saved each other during the pandemic. We weren't allowed to go out. We weren't allowed to see people. We weren't allowed to meet up. I mean, we were literally in isolation. So my mm-hmm. second date was 
was a long, long phone conversation with Hervé. <laughs> Wow. And that's like another level of like meetings or I guess not even meeting someone, but like really getting to know them. Cause I really find that once you hear someone's voice, it either goes one way or another, like, cause then you can see how they react to something through, through the texting. It's so hard to really like get that connection. I feel like a phone call can be such another level of connection. Yeah. And especially if you're wearing AirPods or earbuds, you know, it's like yeah. they're right there, you know, they're right. really talking to you and it's very private. No one else knows what I'm hearing, you know? That's very yeah. true. Oh my God. Yeah. I, love this. I love this so much. Tell me more. <laughs> okay. So, uh, eventually I met Hervé and okay. it was very awkward after two months of sharing everything intimately on the phone we met and in person, there was no spark whatsoever was so bizarre but that's what happens um yeah and then after that I met uh, I met so many different people um I had set myself the goal of meeting 10 men because I was worried that I would give up after one or two I mean I set that goal before the pandemic I'm I like to do weird experiments on myself sounds like you do too right like I'm I not do. gonna eat sugar for six months or 100%. you know <laughs> I'm going to be 10 men. It has to be 10, right? Um, yeah, I uh, I met um, a helicopter pilot and, you know, things were still closed in France. And so our entire date was walking like five miles all around the city at night, mm -hmm. you know, with the, the lights on. Um, I met um, uh, I met a really sweet guy from Senegal who... I said, you know, I'm not going to be here forever. He's like, I need a wife. I was like, I'm, I'm not going to be here forever. I'm going to move. He And he said, will you please, please just meet with me? I've been on this app for months and people are so racist that no one's been willing to meet with me, right? Gosh. And so I was like, sure, we can go on a walk. He was adorable. He was so sweet. I mean, obviously I can't be his wife and move in because I have other commitments in my life, but that was fantastic. Um, I... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, at the end of my time in France, um, I did something that my grandmother told me about, which is to look at the new moon and make a wish. And mm -hmm. uh, so I looked at the new moon and I was like, I, you know, I really want to have like a really like a romp with someone, not just like all these meetings because the pandemic made it so hard. Like you couldn't go anywhere. You couldn't go out to eat. You know, it was so complicated. And, and then people mm -hmm. were so weird, you know in France, when you meet someone, you kiss them on the cheek, but suddenly that wasn't allowed. It was so, you know, like, like, should we meet up and have sex and wear a mask? Like, it's like, so nobody know what to do. Um, so I made a wish. I was like, I really want to have like a, a romp with someone. And I really, but also I really want to go to the mountains and spend time in nature before I go back to the U S. So I made that wish. And the last guy, the 11th guy actually I met in France, uh, he contacted me and he said, he was really sweet, really nice guy. We went out, we, we got along very well. And he's like, you know, I have a whole week off and I just inherited my grandfather's 16th century stone house in this tiny village in the mountains. You want to come stay with me? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's so cool. I know. He was such a peach. I stayed there for a week. He cooked me three meals a day. Yeah, we had we had oh sex God. outdoors in the mountains. We went skinny dipping in the rivers. And he oh lived in this gorgeous house. 
you know, all covered with vines in this tiny village. Yeah. That sounds like amazing experience and like something that you probably wouldn't have come across if you didn't kind of meet up with them. Like yeah, that's it's probably something I wouldn't have said yes to if it hadn't been for the pandemic. Cause I was just like, please, I'll, you know, my friends were like, you don't even know them. I'm like, I don't care. I'll go anywhere just to get out of town, you know? Yeah. That, I love the adventurous side though, because it's like, because if, if, if you didn't like him or if it didn't vibe, then you could have just left, right? Like you weren't, yeah. you weren't like stuck there or what have yeah. you. So, oh my God, that sounds like, it sounds like a fantasy, like a, like a really cool fantasy world. Like, I think that's like, that just sounds so cool. It should be like a book or something. Oh, well, I have written a memoir. I'm looking for an agent of my dating adventures in France. Yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely going to read this. Absolutely. Oh yeah. <laughs> that is so freaking cool. Wow. So it went yeah. well the whole, the whole week. The whole, okay. So the whole thing, I, I'm currently living in Oregon. Um, the whole thing went really well until like the second to the last morning, I came down for coffee and he hands me his phone. He's like, you have to, you have to watch this. Um, um, Bill Gates is uh, plotting to kill the world, right? <laughs> you have to watch these YouTube videos about the great conspiracies that are going on in the world that are going to, and, and the pandemic is part of it, the pandemic. And I, <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, not before coffee. And then part of me is like, wait, why am I in France? I could be having this exact experience in Oregon. It's full of people who love watching YouTube videos about conspiracy theorists and then having naked sex in the woods as well, right? So it it was it was great, but it was also like the reality was like, no, you know, we we weren't gonna we weren't gonna work out on that level. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and that's been another piece of dating for people. Like we used to worry about political parties, but now like on the apps, it's like vaccinated, unvaccinated and very strong opinions. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I, it was really cute. I told him, I was like, no, I think I'm going to have to go back to the U S and we can stay friends. And it was uh, very cute because he said, you know, that's okay because you know, I consulted my spirit guides and we don't have a past life history that we have to work out in this life. So you are free to go. <laughs> Interesting. Wow. <laughs> now, would you say, and cause I've never actually been, you know, overseas in any sort of way. I've never been to Europe or anything. And I really want to, um, would you, what would you say is like the biggest differences if you were to like try to generalize France men versus U.S. men, American men, what do you think are like the biggest differences? All right. So that I've thought about this a lot. And I will tell you that in all of my dates in France, I felt so safe. No mm -hmm. one asked where I live. No one crossed the boundary. Um, you know, nothing. You know, I was on a date with this guy he was really cute and so on, but there was no, and he's like, you want to come back to my house and have sex? And I was like, no, I'm going to go home. Mm -hmm. And he said, okay, well, if you change your mind, you know, you know where to find me. And I can't imagine very many of my American dates being that cool mm -hmm. about it. So in France, like my experience, at least at the time was uh, having an intimate connection with someone is a great thing. It's wonderful. Mm -hmm. It's like a chocolate mousse or an experience. And if you want it, eat it. If you don't want it, say no, no big deal. 
But here in the U.S., we can't disentangle that pleasurable connection with someone from ego, rejection, self-worth, and all these things that get so complicated. Like, why don't you like me? I don't like you that way. And I don't, you know, I, I, I don't know if it's Puritanism or our, we don't have very strong social codes, but mm. it, but in France, it was very clear. Like I would meet up with mm. someone, we'd chat, either they or I would propose a, sec, a sexual connection or, or seeing each other again. And either they or I would say, yes, that would be wonderful. Or no, I'm not, not, I don't really want to. And, and then we would continue our conversation. Interesting. It wouldn't be, I, do you agree with me? Do you, you, have you had these kinds of experiences? So I definitely have had a lot of situations where it's kind of like, yeah, the ego is definitely gets in the way I find. Um, I also think a lot of men will just ghost and they will not speak with you. You know, you go on one day and they'll just like drop off or you'll be talking to them for, you know, like I, I ran into this before I met my fiance. I talked to this guy for like, I want to say two weeks. And we had one day and he ended up in the hospital with an allergic reaction. So I was like, okay, we'll reschedule. And like, we seemed to be a, like a really, really good, like compatibility, whatever. We like the same exact music, like very crazy, like similarities. And then he like ditched me again for the second date. And then I never spoke to him again, or he never spoke to me. Like oh, I texted wow. him once and then he just ghosted me. And I was like, I thought that we were like really great. And, and still to this day, we're still friends on like, I think it's in, not Instagram, maybe like Instagram. or something. I don't even remember. But yeah, it's just like, they're just creeping on my life. And it's just, it's so bizarre. Like so many people are just like, they turn into like these people that you just, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. That's so it. vague. It's, it's so vague and it's so confusing. It's so, so bizarre. So, I'm like, so I guess I would counter that with like, so it, things didn't work out with the telephone guy. Things didn't work out with the, you know, the conspiracy guy. Things didn't work out with a helicopter pilot. Things didn't work out with a nice Senegalese man. And you know what? Every Christmas, they send me a text with a no picture way. saying, happy holidays hope you're doing well send me a picture i think of you like oh the politeness God. level is high yeah hi i yeah. rejected them i didn't you know it's over but yeah. they'll send me a cute picture and thinking Isn't of you so funny? and it's and it's not because they want me to like move to france and be with them it's just the right thing to do interesting wow that's actually super fascinating that they that, that they continue to reach out that's so interesting yeah, yeah. so now, yeah. after all of these dates, you know, if it, if it went well, if it didn't go well, was there always kind of like a, I guess, closure or like some sort of, Hey, you know, I don't think this is going to work out or, you know, I really, really want to see you again. And then like, did you kind of put it in their core or how did, how are you like ending it or going on a second date with these men? It was so easy in France. It was crazy. It was like, so mm -hmm here it's so like I'm dreading the end of the date like who's gonna say it and what am I gonna say and it was not even a thing it was like on se voit la semaine prochaine well, let's see each other next week or or um or merci like you know merci thank, thank you goodbye and that was the end of that and then like most of them stayed in touch with me by text sort of here and there uh in the, you know, in the most generic way, like someone told me about a hike you might be interested in or whatever in a, in a friendly way. 
Totally. Like that. Yeah. Like what you're talking about is, you know, like I just went on a date with someone. I really liked him. We got along well. I suggested coffee the next day. He said no, but then he sent me all these pictures of himself and his apartment. And I was like, are you inviting me to your house? Like, what are you trying to say? See, that's Why the other that? thing. They're not, they're not being clear. Mm-hmm. I find that it's so hard when they're like, when they do something like that. Cause it's like, all right, you're kind of, it's like a misconception of like, okay, you're doing one thing. You're like misguiding me. Like, you're saying one thing, but then like you're doing another. So it's like, it's very misconstruing. And I think that it, it is coming from fear in the United States. We're so afraid of like hurting people's feelings or saying the wrong thing um, that we, that we end up, you know, the unclear is actually more painful. And so many of my clients are hanging around waiting to hear, or maybe they're going to text back or it was vague. It was unclear. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. So what is, what is your best advice? Like when someone is going through that, like the waiting game, or are we going to go out again? Like, you know, yeah, what do you and, I, and I also think like, it's really gendered. Like, mm. like, he should reach out, you know, for if we're talking about heterosexual people, like, I'm a yep. woman, and he should reach out to me to show me that I wanted. And if I reach out to him, like, I'm showing him I'm too desperate. And in France, I didn't feel anything like that. Like, I want to see you. I'll get in touch. I don't want to see you. You won't hear from me. Right. right. End of story. And here it's like, um, I don't want to see you, but I also don't want to like shut the door on that and Mm -hmm. call it. And I've gone around and around with people. Yeah. So my advice is to set some, um, like some arbitrary rules. Like Hmm. if we, and and really they should be arbitrary because if you have arbitrary rules set, your nervous system will relax, right? Like I, I if I'm going to do 10 texts and you don't have to decide, you don't have to like good text, bad text, long or short. I'm going to do 10 text messages. And then if we don't have a plan to see each other, goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go out with someone. And if we don't make a plan to connect again within 24 hours, thank you. Goodbye. Uh, I think that's the only way to do it is we each have to develop sort of our own social codes because we don't have them. Nobody knows like what's rude, what's polite. And then, you know, different age groups have different expectations, three days, three hours. Yes. Um, You know, I met, I, I matched with a guy on Bumble two days ago. He was all excited. I sent him a text. He sent me one. I wrote him back or, but then I didn't write him back for like, 36 hours because you know life happened and then he erased me (laughs) you know I know it's so and you're right I like the social codes like that makes so much sense because I think yeah I I I hear so many of you know I used to do this I think some some of my girlfriends used to do this but like when you were saying about like oh you have to wait for three hours to text them back bullshit I find that stuff (laughs) so silly because honestly you're making it a game you're mm-hmm. making it oh well who's gonna who's gonna double text or who's gonna reach out first like in the morning but it's like and this is my personal opinion I think if someone wants to reach out to you they will for one yes. two I think the texting rules I think are so silly I think if you want to talk to someone message them like yes. don't think it's such a bad thing if you text the guy first or 
you know what I mean? Like if you double text, like I don't think it's, I think there's so many rules around texting. And I think some of it is kind of silly because it's like, and at the end of the day, if, if someone is not going to text you back, that's on them. You know, that's not on you. You, but I, if you're sharing your expectations and, and what have you, if, if you're just having a conversation, you're trying to connect and they're not receiving it or they're choosing to ignore you move on, you know, and exactly. I know easier said than done, but that's just kind of, well, cause thought. I think some people think that if they figure out the right texting combo, they can control the behavior of the other person to act the way they want them to act. Yes. That is so true too. Yeah. And you can't. And if you want that kind of relationship, well, it's probably not going to make you happy in the long run, right? So true. Yeah. Technologies yeah. can just make some things way more complicated than they really need to be in my opinion. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. So, so out of these dates, could you choose one that was like the worst? Like, is there like a horror <laughs> story that you have or just like a bad date story? Okay. So I've ne- I'm, none of the ones that I met in person were the worst. I've had many phone conversations with, with ridiculously bad ones. Um, The the most recent, so I can share one of those with you. Um, I was talking to a person on the phone for a while and uh, uh, at the end, they started really getting into granular detail about how bad their ex wife or girlfriend was. And I said, you know, I'm not really comfortable hearing all the bad stuff about your ex. Uh, And then, you know, we made plans to talk again, hung up and, 20 minutes later, I got a text from this guy saying, you're judging me. You're so cruel. I can't believe you. You're the worst. People like me are persecuted by people like you. And it went on and on and on and on. So that was probably the most scary because it's like the conversation had been fine. But the fact that I didn't want to hear about his ex made him feel terrible. And he just lashed out. But I've never had any bad in-person dates okay. except for the, except for the mansplaining um you know there's a lot of that <laughs> but I can deal with it <laughs> there's a lot of that out there and I try to be really empathetic because yeah. those people are nervous and they're trying to do what they think they should do to be liked yes and and no one's ever sat them down before and said shut up don't talk so much ask questions Right. And they don't they don't right. know, right? It's not so malicious. Right. So right. yeah, I would say that. I would say on the contrary, like my dates have been amazing. Like I dated a guy and he signed me up for motorcycle lessons and I got my motorcycle license. Wow. Yeah. See, that's a cool thing about dating too, is because even if it might not be the your person or you have a crazy connection, the things that you can learn from people or like take something away from them, like you know, learning that you might be interested in motorcycles or you're doing a new hobby or doing a new class or a different type of music movie. Like there's so many cool things you can learn from going on a date with someone. Yeah. It's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. Yeah. Wow. Now, what would you say? I mean, the, the, the guy that you were talking about, the one that you stayed at his place sounded so freaking cool, but do you have any other like favorite best date stories um favorite that yeah (laughs) so um I have a PhD in French literature 
And okay. that's not something that uh, the average person engages with me on because it's too obscure. <laughs> so favorite first date, we met, we met at a park. And the first sentence he said was Proust or Rimbaud. Like he named two French authors and he asked which one I liked best. And I was like, yes, oh, yes. Awesome. I know. Yeah. That was really that's, awesome. That's impressive. Another favorite, another favorite first date. We met also at a park. This is because of COVID. Like a lot of my dates are at parks. Uh, there was nowhere to go. Another really good first date. We met at a park and he showed up with a basketball. Ooh. We went and shot hoops. It was great. What a nice way to get to know someone. Low pressure. It was really beautiful out, you know, throwing the ball. Yeah. And, and then on our next date, he, same guy, he bought, brought a bow and arrow and a styrofoam deer so we could go in the woods and, and shoot Bucky, the styrofoam deer. That was great. Wow. He's got a lot of tricks up his sleeve. I feel like that's really cool. I've never heard of someone doing that. Well, so he, he goes on a lot of dates, this guy, he has some qualities that make him less than ideal as a partner, but he doesn't give up. He keeps dating. And he told me that he wants to enjoy himself no matter what. So that's why he, he does these things. Like let's, let's meet and shoot a bow and arrow because at least he'll get to shoot his bow and arrow. Like, um, it'll be enjoyable. Yeah. That is so freaking cool. Wow. Yeah. 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 So no. I, I really appreciate that um, when people have something of a plan and they want to share a little bit of their life with you and they're not afraid to do it. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah, that's respectable. 100%. Yeah. Another that. one is a bike mechanic that I dated and showed up at my house with a tandem. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah. So, so those have been like the really exceptionally enjoyable dates because the experience was so good right it makes like sitting over coffee or drinks just kind of mm, not so exciting I love that so it's like an adventure date because I always think about that like I think you know sometimes I so I went on 21st dates in 2019 too which is very funny that we're kind of talking about this and that's kind of how I originally started the podcast or like I that was my original oh I didn't know that yeah so I went on 21st dates and I just wrote all of them down because I was like oh my gosh I need to do something with this information I thought I was going to write a book I actually I'm kind of going back to that that I actually started writing my book a couple weeks ago but I was like you know I need to do something with this information and I really gathered all my thoughts and that's kind of how my naked mindset came to be um originally and then I kind of got into like I've always enjoyed talking about sex and you know intimacy and just taboo topics so it's something that kind of just meshed it all together but um so my my I forget what I was originally talking about now um about the dates um did you learn something did you conclude something yes so so some people I found that you know you go on like you know, like the typical dinner drinks, whatever, coffee date. I went on one coffee date. Um, Mostly I feel like it was dinner drinks, but I really enjoy when we were able to go do something. Like one time I went to the beach and spent a whole beach day with someone. Like it was kind of a little bit bold nonetheless, but I was like, it's a gorgeous day. I mean, let's just, let's do it. We brought some food. It was really fun. Um, like a picnic is also a really fun idea 
I just think going to do something is is fun because then one you can see how they interact with whatever if it's like a competition like like I don't know um or not a competition I'm sorry a competitive thing like you know like Mm -hmm. the playing basketball I know that was like a fun thing but like it could have it could have been like you know you see how they react like if they if they aren't doing well or if they're doing really well you can kind of see how their ego is and kind of just see like bowling for I think that's a great example you see how they react to mm-hmm. to the game right and you can see like oh okay they're super competitive or oh they're you know they're just kind of la di da da and having fun mm-hmm. but I think having an activity to do can be so telling of how they are and then of course there's always the how they react and interact with the server or waitress or like person servicing you which I think is also a very important thing if someone is a waiter or someone in the service industry it's an automatic absolutely no for me (laughs) like you have to respect those people because they're grinding they're grinding the the job so I always yeah and if anyone's listening and you are not a super adventurous kind of person, I had like one guy who um, brought a game. Like a board game? It was like a kind of get to know you card game, right? You can, so you can cool. play a game. I've done that. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Genius. And mm-hmm. it's like, you can probably get those on Amazon. Like, I mean, there's oh, so yeah. many different ways, or I'm sure there's apps too, if you don't want to like yeah yeah some game that you have that you enjoy you know yeah Yeah. oh that is so cool because I think that that parallel play is what we really need so that we can relax around people and it's not like this like interrogation that is so true because I think a lot of times like sometimes people will ask so many questions because they're trying to get to know someone but then it's like the other person doesn't get to ask you because you're kind Uh of like asking so many things I think it's a it's important to have that balance of like, you give me some, I give you some type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so out of all of your dates, what would be like, if you could choose, I don't know, maybe the next day that you go on, if you could choose any, any date, what is your like most ideal date place thing, subject, whatever, what would you say is your perfect, perfect date? Uh, so I think my perfect date would be progressive. Like I really like to have a very short first date, like 35 minutes is what I plan. So I have an out because you never know. Um, so, so my favorite dates have been like, okay, we meet for 35 minutes and then it's like, oh, this is great. Let's get on our bikes and I have to be bikes in there. We get on our bikes and ride to dinner, you know, and then have dinner and go on a walk under the moonlight and, you know, like keep moving and progressing and go to different scenarios and different setups. I think for me that, that is, those are the best dates, like, like a whole evening of adventure and discovery. Yeah, Um, absolutely. I, I'm a firm believer that you're not going to fall in love on your first date. Like that's a complete Mm -hmm. fairy tale. And so you need to set up situations where you can relax on your first date. That's much more important. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Because I think it's like a lot of people get so nervous and they anticipate like, okay, well, what are we going to talk about? And what if there's an awkward silence? And they just like, they're all up in their head. But it's like, I always say this, if something is awkward or uncomfortable, I will pull out anything to talk about. I will literally tell the most ridiculous story. 
I personally don't love awkward silences. So I'm like, I will try to talk, like, just keep going. But I always think showing, like, talking about the environment that you're in. Like, if something is awkward or like, oh my gosh, I'm perping up. I don't know what to talk about. Just talk about the environment. Oh, wow. This place is really busy. Have you ever been here before? Um, You know, have you, have you been to this area? just just ask questions about what is happening in the present moment I think can be a really good way to kind of like focus on it and also you know talk and also just kind of be present and I think that's something really really difficult if your like mind is going crazy Uh bringing it back to the present moment I think Uh can be a super helpful tool to kind of gain clarity or if you even need a second just go to the bathroom, you know, take a sip of your water. Like it's okay to have a pause, I think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, there's too much baggage on that first date, like too much decision-making and having to know, and you should just go on a, it shouldn't even be a first date. Like you should just go hang out with people and, and see Mm -hmm. how you feel. Um, Yeah. And I like the, I like the short date thing too, because yeah. I think sometimes I feel like people commit to like, let's just say three hours and they're like, oh my God, I really don't, I'm not vibing with this person. I, I can't see them in my future. And then you're stuck there for three hours or even longer. That's like the worst thing. You're like, you're stuck doing a whole day worth of things. Yeah, like no, all, my date, it's 35 minutes. And I have, I will, when I arrive, I will say, I'm so glad we got to meet. Unfortunately, I have a, a Zoom call at X time and I'm going to have to go. And then if it's going really well, I'll say, well, I guess I'll just text them and cancel or whatever, you know. Yes. But that, 35 minutes is also, it's also a relief for the other person, right? They're like, oh, okay, I'll just enjoy this little time and then we can see what happens next. And right. it pushes forward that question of, do we want to do this again? Because we haven't mm-hmm. like exhausted each other like That's all this true. time. That's so true. I love that. Wow. Good yeah. advice. Good advice. Yeah. Now, yeah. now, if you were to recommend, you know, besides dating apps, what what is your best advice or tips on like meeting someone outside of dating apps? Do you have any tips for that? Or I do. And I'm actually going to give a free talk on that next month, but which I haven't written yet. Oh. But um, I mean, it's it's all the cliched advice, but I um, did you ever read The Little Prince? No. Well, in The Little Prince, uh, he wants to make friends with a fox. And the fox says, if you come every day at the same time, you will tame me and we will be friends. So I think that the best way to meet people is to, and, and all the stories you hear, many of the stories you hear about great relationships, they started this way, is to do something really regular. Like every Tuesday morning, you're going to see me at Pickleball Every Thursday evening, you're going to see it maybe at the tango or what what have you, like, you know, whatever it is and show up regularly and talk to everyone. And, and it can just I be one that. thing. It could even just be like, I, I get coffee, you know, and I get coffee at a time when I know there are people in the cafe and I show up and I smile at everyone and I chat with people um, because it's that, that regularity that makes you kind of like a known quantity and makes you approachable, right? Yes. And now that the pandemic's waned in a lot of places, this is possible. So commit to something. And the other thing is 
you know, I think Americans are very non-committal and very afraid of commitment and everyone who's dating is afraid of commitment. So practice committing to your future partner by committing to an activity for six months. Mm. When I was in France, you know, I signed my kid up for rock climbing. You had to pay for a year. It was a year commitment. If you want to do rock climbing, you don't just decide. Yeah. You right. don't, you're like your Mondays at six 30, all Mondays for the whole year. Wow. So, okay. That I is committing. I love that. And that's so true. Cause when you do go someplace, you know, whether it's once a week, what have you, I think you do see, you know, probably some of the same people, but also different people. Like I go to the gym you know, a couple of times a week. And sometimes I see different people. Sometimes I see the same people. So that is, I've actually never heard that tip, but that is brilliant. I love it. Yeah. And and you're practicing what it feels like to commit to something Mm. with no promised outcome. Because if you want to be in a relationship, you have to practice committing with, you don't know what's going to happen because reality is humans are human, right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely love that. I love that so much. And just putting yourself, I always think that saying yes to things is Uh such good advice too, because, okay, so pretend, you know, your friend invites you to a birthday party, but you don't really know the the person that's having the birthday, but, and you normally maybe don't say yes to these things. You normally don't like to go out at night, whatever. And you say, yes, who are you going to meet there? You don't know. There could be a friend of a friend that you've never met. And then you're introduced to all these other people. Mm -hmm. And I think putting yourself in those situations, even if you, it's out of your comfort zone, because I think Mm -hmm. breaking out of your comfort zone in the end is so, so important because it really, it makes you grow. It makes you evolve and saying yes to things that maybe you normally don't, or you're trying out something new. Your friends are like, oh, Janae, you want to go to this new cooking class? Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. I, who knows? I can meet some people, um, even if they're just friends, because those friends know other people, right? And and yeah. also, and also, telling the universe what you want. I truly believe that's in what I was going to say. I love manifesting. I think manifesting is such a hidden gem and thing that people don't do, and not many people talk about. But I think if you tell people like, "Hey, I'm single." I am looking for X, Y, Z, then those people tell other people and like, it kind of continues like, oh yeah, like I'm single, you know? And you need to be really, really specific. Your friends will not set you up. If you just say, I'm lonely and want to meet someone. If you say, you say, you know, I work so hard. I just want someone that I can meet with on Tuesdays to have a quick hookup. Do you know anyone? They're like, oh yeah, you should be my friend. Or, you know, I just want someone I can play tennis with on weekends. I so miss having a tennis partner. Like then you will get set up, but you will yeah. never get set up if you're vague because it, then you giving the responsibility away and they have to like figure out what, well, you don't, you don't want to meet my friend, Sam. And then mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, no, I just want tennis on Tuesdays and sex on Saturdays. And they're like, oh, you do want to meet Sam, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be clear, be clear mm-hmm. with what you want. And I think, I mean, being really, um, just aware and and telling people what you want. I feel like you can't go wrong if you're, if you're clear with exactly what your intentions are. So just genius advice. I absolutely love it. Um, One of my listeners actually wanted to know how did you not get burnt out from dating? Oh, (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the, I get burned out from the texting on the apps that I find tiring. Mm -hmm. I don't like texting generally and that I find tiring. So I did not get burnt out from dating because I see dating as a spiritual practice. I'm mm -hmm. a long time uh, Iyengar yoga instructor and practitioner. And, you know, I'm not that good at meditating and I'm not that good at running. Uh, but if I want to grow as a human being, I'm also very extroverted, so that helps. But if I want to grow as a human being, every encounter I have with someone is an opportunity for me to practice noticing my ego, noticing my body, noticing my desires, noticing my projections. <laughs> that happens a lot, right? And so I embrace it. Like, it's like... Uh, I mean, like, I guess it's like what meditating might be for other people, but it's a constant way to sort of assess my own reactions to the world. And it's kind of the most painful and intimate way to assess that because we're really exposed dating, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, why do I care? You know, why am I getting all flustered? Why do I care so much about how this person is talking to me? What's going on with me, right? And to come back again and again to my core, my center, you know, my peace of mind. So yeah, it, I, if, if you can turn it into like a process that's rich, you won't get burned out. It's yeah. not a goal oriented process. Like if you yeah. think, oh my gosh, I met another one. I need a no, 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 no. But it's like, okay, I'm going to go out with this person and see what I feel and see what happens. Total curiosity. Oh, I love that. Total curiosity. Cause I think too, you know, when you were saying like, noticing my ego and noticing all these things about myself, because then you can really, and I think the other person too, you can kind of pick up on, oh, okay, like this type of, you know, whatever the person's talking about or saying or doing or not doing, you can kind of take that away. And I know this sounds weird, but you can take those, those situations away and and really be like, oh, okay, like, I really liked connecting with this person about X, Y, Z, but, you know, then bring up their ex-girlfriend, not my vibe, and really be very aware of those, like, red flags, those green flags, the, you know, uh -huh. the yellow flags that are like, uh -huh. eh, maybe I'm, I'm a little aware about that, but I think it really puts you in a position that you can, you can be so much more aware of of all of the things that you want and desire and then things that you don't want because I think that that is extremely crucial too in the dating world of just like finding out exactly what you want and if you're older and dating you might be wrong right like mm -hmm. like how much did I used to love chocolate I never eat chocolate now right <laughs> and yeah. so how much am I stuck in like some 20, you know, my 20 year old self's idea of partnership with that? That's no, right. So yeah. going on dates is this constant, like you said, this constant discovery process of like, wait, I do right. like that. I don't like that. I'm not who I thought I was. <laughs> I like that discovery process. It is. It's so true. Cause you're always learning more. <clears throat> like we were saying about you know, you, you realize that you really wanted to do the motorcycle class. Like that's freaking cool. And maybe you wouldn't, would have never noticed if, if it wasn't for that person that kind of introduced that to you. Like I, my ex-boyfriend actually introduced me to skiing. And then I, I, you know, a couple of years later after we broke up, like I bought all the ski gear <laughs> and I had never skied in my life. And now it's like, I really enjoy 
I really enjoy going and it's something that I I enjoy like exploring outside it, it's just I never would have done that if it wasn't for him yeah and I love how you're sort of seeing the tapestry like you could you know I don't know if you've heard of relationship anarchy mm-hmm. you know but this like this person brings this and that person brings that and getting away from the narrative like there must be one being that provides all my needs but not at all not at all so true so true oh my gosh this was so incredible is there any last thoughts before we get into our game yeah, I just want to tell people that I'm actually a conscious dating coach and I did finish the training with Layla Martin. So I am a certified uh, sex, love and relationship coach and I would love to talk to you. I post videos on my YouTube channel on various topics like how to deal with ghosting and how to deal with dating. And my website is KimberlyHealy.com, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y-H-E-A-L-E-Y.com. Or on Instagram, you can find me at Healy Delight, H-E-A-L-E-Y Delight.com. And I would love to hear from people. I love collecting stories, good ones and bad ones, and helping people to sort of embrace the process and enjoy the process. I always say to my clients, like, you want to win the marathon, but I want to teach you how to love the 5K because that's the big, you know, like enjoy the process and 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 it's fantastic. There are wonderful people out there as as you said in your story, you met someone on a dating app and you're very, I'm assuming very happy. You seem happy. Absolutely. I love that so much. Um, all right. Are you ready for our game? Oh yeah. How fun. It's like a date with a game. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's, it's just called this or that just to get to know our guests a little bit more. All right. So the first one is, are you an early riser or night owl? Early riser. Early riser. Cake or pie? Pie. Pie. I don't know. Cake. I don't know. It depends. <laughs> that one's harder. <laughs> depends on the day. <laughs> uh, burgers or tacos? Tacos. Tacos. Love. Um, would you rather have the ability to talk to animals or the ability to control weather? Oh, wow. I think the animals. I'm so curious about the animals. Yes, me too. It would be so cool. Um, would you prefer to go on a coffee date or an activity date? I think we answered that one. <laughs> Bring your bow and arrow and your basketball and your motorcycle and your skis. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. I love that. <laughs> um, the next one is, do you prefer online shopping or in-person shopping? I don't like shopping. <laughs> you're like none none of the above <laughs> i've heard someone else goes shopping and brings me things <laughs> oh that's a dream that's a dream yeah would you rather create a new day of the week or create a new holiday mm, i'd like a new day of the week like like squeeze in some other time like a time warp yeah wouldn't that be cool um, would you prefer a date night out or cooking together date night? Um, I think date night out. Yeah. Yeah. Would you rather give up all technology or give up TV, movies, and books? Technology. Technology. Not the books. <laughs> 
would you rather always make out for three hours or only have sex for seven minutes? What? (laughs) (laughs) Anytime I made out, it would be three hours long. And anytime I had sex, it would be seven minutes. Yep. I'll take the three hour makeout. Yeah, for sure. Love it. (laughs) I love a three hour (laughs) makeout session. I know, right? Especially if it's a good one. Yeah. Um, the next one is, would you rather have your whole body turn or glow pink when you're attracted to someone or glow red when someone annoys you? Oh, I already glow pink. I might as well take that one. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's so funny. I do too, for sure. Yeah, I can't help it. <laughs> yeah. so bad. Um, would you rather be sticky for the rest of your life or itchy for the rest of your life? Oh, that's um sticky is fine itchy really bothers me yes that's that's such a weird one did you You make these up i i mean i have researched like just like some random stuff like for for two years now so i try to pick like random ones um would you rather live in an amusement park or live in a zoo i amusement park zoos get stinky plus i feel bad for the animals me too me too yeah uh, personal chef or personal housekeeper oh I think I'd love a personal chef I'm, I'm okay with some mess yeah yes love, yeah. love. and then the last one is sunrise or sunset mm, uh, can I ask for moonrise yes yes you can I love I love a good moonrise it's beautiful yeah beautiful. oh my gosh well this was such a freaking blast thank you so much for being here and sharing all of your wonderful dating stories yeah you too i had no idea that's such a cool beginning for your podcast what a great backstory thank you that's that's like the inspirational story there is like going on a bunch of dates is really good for your creativity it so is i completely agree and it just You learn so much about yourself along the way, which I think is Mm -hmm. beautiful within itself. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Kimberly. It was such a pleasure having her on and hearing all of her dating stories. I hope you guys learned something from this episode and enjoyed it. You know where to find me at My Naked Mindset on all of your social media. Email me with any topics, ideas, or stories, mynakedmindsetpodcast at gmail.com. And tune in next week for another episode of My Naked Mindset. Okay, bye!